Yes, this is the Narbles and Broomheads podcast, but we are taking a break from reviewing Degrassi episodes. We're going to shift our focus to my so-called life over the next few months. We hope you'll stick around for this journey. If you want to touch base with us, all of the same social media, at Narbos Podcast on Twitter, at Narbos and Broomheads Podcast on Instagram, and Narbos and Broomheads at gmail.com if you want to talk to us about my so-called life or come on to an episode please let us know. We will get back to Degrassi episodes after we're done reviewing my so-called life in a few months. Don't fear, though. If you're missing that content, we've got well over 150 episodes of Degrassi reviews for you. Head over to anywhere where you listen to your podcasts and go back into our history. Hope you enjoy them, and hopefully you'll enjoy our reviews of my so-called life. Let's do it. Christmas, everybody, right? <laughs> hey, everybody! It's uh, Narbos and Broomheads podcast, the uh, the holiday special in uh, June. No, in May. In May, yeah, it's a May holiday special. Everybody, we're celebrating. It's that time of the year. Get your uh, stockings out and your Christmas trees, and uh, get ready for a visit from Santa Claus because. It's uh, Christmas time, at least in the uh, most My So-Called Life universe, because we're talking about So-Called Angels, episode 15 of My So-Called Life, and we're belting it out in one episode, and uh, as we get through it, you'll probably realize why, but before we get into it, who's with you to spread some holiday cheer? Well, it's me, uh, Santa Slip, from uh, Toronto, Ontario, Canada, and uh, I'll be taking the lead on this one. And uh, who are the elves who have joined me? Let's just go a little bit down the road in our sleighs to uh, Oakville. Who's out there? Well, I'm jolly old Folly T here. <laughs> uh-huh. You know, I must say, um, I don't know if you guys uh, have ever considered yourself good at something and then attempted to do it recently. But um, I took my son to the driving range for the first time that I've been in, in the driving range in a while. And for fuck me, I was like uh, a, a calf trying to walk for the first time trying to hit the goddamn ball today. <laughs> like I had never had a club in my hand. I was like, what the fuck happened to me in the last six months? So I need a little Christmas cheer to pick me up, I guess, today. Poor, what a poor guy. Oh, yeah, I know. Driving range was hard. <laughs> I feel I feel more sorry for you than I do the homeless children in this episode. And you're you're damn right. They had a place to lay their head. Exactly. I uh, didn't know where the head of my club was going. <laughs> well, uh, let's head out to Regina. Who's out there? It's me. It's Arlo in Regina. And uh, yeah, I was going to complain that Pokemon Go logged me out this week and made me log back in with my Facebook password but i couldn't remember my facebook password and i haven't had time to reset my facebook password so that i can log in pokemon go so i haven't been able to catch any pokemons this week and again you need to feel sorrier for me <laughs> than the homeless children in this episode wow three letters yep. fml <laughs> <laughs> i didn't know pokemon go was still a thing 
Uh, it's not. <laughs> oh, okay then. Great. It is with me, but uh, gotcha. but no, I, I don't believe the, the youths are still into that. Uh, over the uh, last couple of weeks, uh, I'm I'm actually surprised that uh, she's joining us again. But Stacy is here. Uh, <laughs> I sensed some hostility towards our Toronto Blue Jays on uh, the good old uh, Twitter over the last couple of weeks. So thank you for coming uh, back, Stacy. Well, uh, that's because your team doesn't know how to shut up. So you know, <laughs> or uh, hit with runners in scoring position. Yeah, or that, or you know, you know, their coaches don't even stand in in the third base or the first base box. So I don't know what the hell they're bitching about. But anyway, well, thank you for welcoming me back and Merry Christmas. <laughs> you would have been you would have been so upset if you had gone to that game with me. Uh, I was at the game where the pitcher got kicked out for whatever the fuck he was doing. I, oh, I was yeah. just, I honestly, I was like, let them cheat. Like baseball is so much more interesting, anyways. Like seriously, when, when people it is. cheat, like, they should they give were... guys steroids. They should let the pitchers have sticky stuff because you know these guys are all throwing like a hundred miles an hour. I'd oh. rather them have sticky stuff directing those balls instead of having <laughs> balls just flying at my head at a hundred miles an hour. You would have been very unhappy because I was sitting like I'm in the upper decks. I know I always get the cheapest seats and. <laughs> Um, I'm sitting near this guy, and he's just constantly like, "They're cheating! Yankees are cheating! Hey, they're cheating!" And like, no one other other than the people around him, like it's clear the people on the field can't hear him. And, right. And he's sitting <laughs> right, and he's at a Toronto Blue Jays game, so he's sitting amongst friends. So it's not like he's making anyone around him like upset, other than that he won't shut the fuck up. Mm-hmm. But but then the pitcher got kicked out, and he's like, "See, see, I was right. They were cheating." <laughs> so you would have not liked it <laughs> one bit. Yeah. Well, keep keep accusing Aaron Judge of cheating, and he'll just keep hitting four hundred sixty foot home runs off your pitchers. Yeah. I also um, my I I briefly uh, told you the story, but the the full story is so the the baseball game before the one that I went to. So the the Yankees played the Blue Jays for a four game series here, and in the first game, the uh, Toronto Blue Jays broadcast on television were. Uh, accusing, I guess, Aaron Judge of like looking at the bullpen for signals, right? Yeah, or the dugout. Yeah, or the dugout for signals. So they were showing his eyes, kind of glancing over, and they're like, "What's he doing?" And the implication is that he's getting, you know, information on the pitches, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And of course, he belted two home runs in the game. But in my fantasy football league that was just starting up, we decided to base uh, who got which pick on which players we selected for the game and their performance, and I had judged. So I was like, <laughs> I was like, cheat away, motherfucker, and guess who got pick 101? Yeah, this guy. Well, he didn't cheat, because that pitcher was throwing slider after slider after slider, and if you're going to throw a slider middle-middle, uh, Aaron Judge is going to hit it 462 feet. Yeah. Okay, for, for fear of sounding <laughs> clueless about sports ball, um, are you not allowed to look at the dugout to see what they're doing? Well, no, you, he, what happened was his, our manager got kicked out right before that happened. <laughs> Shocking. Has he going to manage a whole game in the next week? For God's sake. Yeah. Well, no, no. Because he got, he got kicked out last night and now he's suspended for tonight. So no. <laughs> and they're calling him Karen Boone now. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. He's crazy. And he has a heart condition. He needs to calm down. But like, isn't that why they have all like the screwy signs and stuff like that, that they give well, each no, other so that the other not team. Even, yeah, wouldn't be able even, to decode if they looked at you, right? But it's so, not even that anymore. They use this system called Pitchcom. They have these little, almost like remote sort of things that are in their hats, and the catchers have them on their person. And uh, the Toronto pitcher and catcher were using Pitchcom, and the pitcher 
admitted that he was tipping his pitches, which is why Aaron Judge hit the shit out of it. So he was not cheating. <laughs> and man, if the players can pick up the the tipping pitches, all you know, all the power to them. There's nothing right. wrong with it. I love yep. it. Yep. Yeah, what the Astros as... did was wrong five yeah, years ago. That's when it you gets don't... different, right? Yeah, that's when it gets different. But if it's on the field and you see a sign and you can relay it to the hitter, sure, that's that's the pitcher and the catcher's fault for not hiding them good enough. Yeah. So fuck it, cheat all you want. Steroids, <laughs> home runs, <laughs> make Baseball all the sports. Baseball would be so much better with steroids all again. Dingers, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. I, you know, there's another thing. I, you know, I don't want this to be the sports podcast, but fuck it. My other like unwritten rule in sports that I don't appreciate, and it, it, it's particularly uh, big in hockey, is mm-hmm. when a team runs up the score, right? So like, oh, yeah. you know, right? If they're up like eight one nine one and they're scoring goals, and people are like, "Oh, come on!" Like, you know, like have some sportsmanship. And I'm like, I paid so much money to be at this game. I want you to play hard till the end and beat the fuck out of the team that you're playing. <laughs> like, don't back off. I didn't pay to watch you back off, right? Right. You're fucking professionals. If it's like, you know, five-year-olds, fine. Be nice. But for pros, beat the shit out of them the whole way through if you can. Oh, yeah. The whole unwritten rule, like, you shouldn't try to swing against a position player. Screw that. If a position player is throwing a 60-mile-an-hour pitch at me, I'm going to hit it 500 feet. Exactly. So <laughs> there you go, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, Christmas time. The only way the oh. Jays can get a win right now is hitting against position players on the side oh. now. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> through last place in that division but they'd be first in the what in the uh, AL, AL Central, Central. so that's yeah. great awful yeah uh <laughs> all right let's uh let's get to christmas because uh why would we talk about baseball in may when we can talk about christmas uh in the my so-called life universe we are on episode 15 so-called angels it aired on december 22nd 1994 so that's pretty much like a Christmas special, right? It's sure, yeah, yeah. It's as close to Christmas as you pretty much can get without it being like holidays. And uh, it was directed by Scott Winnant, and uh, and it was written by Whitney Holzman and Jason uh, Cadams. When I look through lists of the best my so called life episodes, in one list by Slant Magazine, it was rated seventh best out of nineteen. On mm. episode Ninja, it is rated second worst out of mm. all of them. So let's see which one we agree with. Yeah. As a hint, as you have seen throughout this uh, review series, most episodes we review in two parts, but uh, this is going to be a one parter. So take that as a hint, everybody. Um, shall we just get into it? Yes. Okay. Let's, do it. let's do it. Okay. So this episode does not start with uh, the marimba and the go, go, go. It uh, <laughs> instead uh, just starts on a cold open. And the first thing we get is Ricky taking a dive into the snow, bloody face, crying. And then he walks off into a back alley and a girl who is going to be pivotal in this episode uh, for, I guess, supposedly like overseeing people and helping them out just watches him walk away and is like, oh, fuck it. And plays her guitar. So yeah. Have fun spitting out your blood. Yep. yep. Uh, Angela. So she, the, the girl is playing silent night on her guitar. And then we pivot to Angela also playing silent night in her home. And again, I think we're supposed to get the symbolism right away because they they want to play parallels between these two throughout the episode, right? She could be you. 
Yeah. Uh, so the girl is out on the street, obviously in in bad shape, and then Angela in her warm home playing Silent Night on the piano in the house. Danielle is upset because she wants a new bike, but Patty says they can't afford it, even though they did buy one for Angela a few years ago. So uh, Patty is That's also when they were both employed at that time. Yeah, now they're that one, and someone's going to school. Fuck, they don't got the money for that. Daddy's opening a restaurant. Come on. Now. <laughs> um, Patty is fretting over greeting cards because somebody, what? Somebody wrote them a card and they're like, well, we didn't write them. Now we have to. And it's going to be obvious and blah, blah, blah. She she removed them from their Christmas card list. And then they had the audacity to send her a card out of nowhere. And now she feels bad for not sending them a card. So now she has to send them a card, but they'll know that she only sent it because, you know, yeah. Are Christmas cards even a thing anymore? Patty stuff. Yeah, we still get them. Really? Yeah. I would only maybe get them from my older, like, aunts, not yeah, no. one of younger age. I get a lot of um, pictures of my friends. Like, it's mostly pictures of my friends' kids that I get sent. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, Christmas cards like that. Like, not like a Kardashian's card where they all pose and stuff, but, you know, similar to that. All right. Can we take a step back for a second in that opening scene? Um, like, we see Ricky fall and bleed into the snow. Like, do, do you think he tripped walking or are we led to believe he just got beat up right there? Or do we sort of just led to believe let's just, let's just let this go. We, we certainly don't see like any thugs, right? Running no, away. No. Like that Ricky falls. And when we kind of get a shot of the full scene, he's just getting up and it's like, is he clumsy? Like, you know? Well, yeah. Like I don't understand. Like where I think we're led to believe later that this is not, this did not happen there. And he's kind of on the run. Yeah. Maybe yeah. he just fell in exhaustion. Yeah. <laughs> Blood loss. Yeah. Um, so Angela asks her bickering parents why they never go to church. And her parents don't have an answer. And so she asks them if they believe in God. And again, they kind of fuck around with an answer. And I wrote here, like, I feel like this wouldn't, like, maybe this is compelling television in 1994, but I feel like in two, 2023, this isn't a conversation that matters on TV anymore. Like the whole losing my religion approach. No, I agree. I figured it was the exact same thing. Like you would never see this focus. But you do remember it in the 90s when a lot of television shows did revolve around a religious Catholic or Christian based belief system. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I think anymore. it's just kind of a way of addressing like where the chases sort of stand on like, you know, w- whether they're religious or not, like it's a way to address it. And I guess the answer is kind of ambiguous, which I think is probably like a lot of households. Well, as someone who went to church quite regularly, almost almost weekly as a kid growing up, I never once asked my parents, um, why are we not going to more church? <laughs> right. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. As much as I did kind of like of all the service I had to go to, I did mind Christmas Eve service. It was never a question that came out of my mouth. Yeah, we no, never I'm... really went to Christmas uh, stuff. And we only did, we would do Easter because my mom always thought of Easter as the more important holiday because I was raised Catholic. But we also went to Greek church for Greek Easter because my dad and my brother, don't ask, were Greek Orthodox while my mom and I are Catholic. So I had both of those holidays to go to. And I preferred the Greek church actually growing up. I'm like solidly in Danielle's camp, which is, can we stop talking about religion? It's Christmas. Yes. Yeah. 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 My, my, my family was very secular when it came to the Christmas holiday. So, uh, Rayanne, more, more Santa. Yeah. 
Rand and Angela are at school uh, where there are just children standing around singing carols in the hallway, which does not happen. Uh, no. Well, they were in a, I see, I thought this too. And I was like, well, they're in a classroom. And I was like, maybe it is choir class. They might be practicing because for I had choir class and we had it in a classroom. So maybe. Uh, Rayanne speaks for me very specifically when she says people get swept up in Christmas, but I like to wait until things are on sale, uh, <laughs> which was like my go-to back in when boxing before black Friday. So in, for our American listeners, um, Black Friday in Canada has only been a thing like it has been in the States for like the last six or seven years, I'd say. Uh, oh, yeah. Before yeah. that, like even in the States, like Black Friday was kind of more of an unofficial term for a it long was. time. And then in yeah. the last like 15 years or so, they started doing like the whole Black Friday sale thing. Uh, but in Canada, Boxing Day has always been a thing mm -hmm. in oh, my yeah. lifetime. Oh, yeah. Sure. And that is the Black Friday in Canada before Black Friday was a thing. So yeah, and Boxing Day used to be better, but now it's kind of converted into more of a Black Friday thing here. I think too now. And in, yeah. the, in the states, Boxing Day is just a day, like right? They don't give a fuck. You go back to work after Christmas. Uh, Pretty much, yeah, yeah. Depending on when it falls, like sometimes if Christmas falls on a Sunday, they may give you that day off just so you have an extra day between the holiday and going back into work. But yeah, Boxing Day isn't a thing here. So most Americans are like, "What is Boxing Day? Do they celebrate boxing?" It's like, no, that's no, not. No, we what just it get is. the day off, and there's lots of sales. Yeah, I yeah. mean, it's, uh, to clarify. You get the day off if you're not in retail. If you're in retail, you're fucked. Like, oh yeah, getting there early. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. but it is Black a Friday. it's a statutory holiday, so if yeah. you have to work your retail job, they do have to pay you extra. Yes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, I worked Black Friday in high school when it was an unofficial thing, but it was still kind of crazy. It wasn't like it is now where they open stores on Thanksgiving night. Yeah. You know, these crazy people go out at like nine o'clock on Thanksgiving night, which I don't think that's fair to the workers. We'll get into this in a different time, but I think it's ridiculous. But I worked Black Friday at Spencer Gifts in oh. our local mall. And oh my God, it was just insane from nine in the morning until we closed. It was crazy. And this was in the 90s. So I can't even imagine what it would be like working at a place now during Black Friday. Ugh. I cringe thinking about it. Uh, they see they see Ricky and he's all beat up, of course. And he says he fell chasing the bus, which in the mm. scene that we saw could be true. <laughs> right. not. He's not lying. Yeah. Uh, Angela's not buying the story. But Rayanne is, is like she's not, you know, she's unfazed. And uh, she tells uh, Angela, like, Ricky has a tendency to get beat up and doesn't talk about it. So, I mean, I don't think she's genuinely, like, not concerned, but I think she's used to kind of what happens here. Yeah. Um, Sharon is thinking about signing up for a teen helpline, uh, or at least volunteering for a teen helpline on Christmas Eve. And well, she's already volunteered. Yeah. She's promised. That yeah. she will bring another volunteer from their school. It seems like it's a multi-school situation. Yeah. So uh, Rayanne says that depressed people who, uh, you know, talking to her might put her over the edge or might put them over the edge. Sharon says over the edge, like your dress, like, you know, being edgy to her. Um, Rayanne takes her flyers and throws them on the ground. And then Brian comes along and picks them up. And Sharon, I think, I think he's volunteered for this too, but Sharon is trying to remind him of it. And it, it's clear that Brian's not interested now in doing this hotline thing. So who knows? I mean, this hotline story we'll get into. 
Brian is feeling some kind of way, but we are not sure why yeah. at this point. So back at the Chase residence, Patty tells Graham he won't believe what Denise and Bob Krakow did. And <laughs> Brian, Graham says, well, it was only one time and it made Brian. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Patty says that uh, they skipped town to go on a 10-day cruise, to which I wonder, like, why would you say it in that manner? Like, if you were like, oh, the Krakows went on a cruise, like, that's, uh, you know, that's pretty interesting. I could see that. But she's, like, gossipy about it. Like, Graham, you won't believe what Denise and Krakow did. Like, well, well she probably just got back from talking to Camille about it or something. She's probably still in gossip mode. Yeah. No, but I thought she was mad about it because they left Brian by himself. I think she's scandalized by that. Like, she can't imagine leaving yeah. her kid alone at Christmas. Yeah. yeah. Right. I think Even that's though they're... part of it. Christmas, we're learned to believe, is so important. Kind of really important to her. Yeah. yeah. And, like, this episode would have gotten a lot more interesting at this point. If like a couple of uh, robbers were scoping the neighborhood and trying to get into Brian Krakow's house, and he had to set up traps to stop them, that'd be perfect. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Graham asks Patty what uh, she wants for Christmas, and she asks him to come to church with them on Christmas Eve. Which, I mean, that is asking a lot. Uh, Graham's not it into it. Re- it really is. <laughs> like asking your partner who doesn't want to go to church to go to church on Christmas Eve. Well, yeah. it seems like it comes out of left field. It really does. Yeah. Like this is not. Yeah. Anyway, like church, but... we've we've seen enough in this household. Like we don't really see any. Like we don't see any religious I, like imagery in the household, as far as I know. Um, maybe there's a little bit of prayer that we've seen, but I don't know. I'm not. Uh, I, I'm not buying this like religious tension until it comes up in this episode. And uh, yeah, Patty says, well, I kind of want it to be part of our lives. And it's like, okay, like now? Yeah, yeah. sure. Well, I mean, that goes along with the, you know, my mom goes to church every week and she always bitches about the people who only show up for Christmas and Easter. So maybe it's that sort of thing where she feels like this is the time to bring it up because this is the time where a lot of people go to church. Yeah. I mean, I'm just trying to. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Sure. You know, not really take her side, but kind of see the reasoning for it, like why it would come out of nowhere. But it feels like that sort of a thing where Christmas is put up above everything else and it wouldn't be just a random sunday where she's like could you come with us to church it would have to be an important day it's kind of a running theme for this episode where i think a number of things kind of come out of left field for like to fit the christmas narrative right or it's like wait a minute well like, uh, yeah you very much have to suspend your disbelief at many points during this episode. Just, yeah. just a tad here yeah. just a tad because as we know holidays in any kind of holidays in uh, major holidays in my so-called life universe can only mean one thing, and that is paranormal experience. <laughs> <laughs> paranormal phenomena. <laughs> yeah. So Angela is taking out the garbage, and there's somebody lurking in the trees. It's Ricky. I'm assuming Angela's like, you know what? At least it's not fucking Brian. Cause <laughs> yeah. So uh, he's still looking all messed up, so she invites him inside. And uh, Ricky starts kind of lying about where he's been. He's like, I was at Brian's place. Then he says he was at Angela's place. And Ryan, uh, sorry, oh, Amber's Ryan. boyfriend, Rusty, was there. <laughs> um, which I don't... Have you? Has anyone here ever known somebody named Rusty? No. Like, I feel I know, like Rusty... I know someone named Dusty. Yeah. I knew people <laughs> with a dog named Rusty. <laughs> I used to babysit for them. 
I just I don't, don't feel like I'm... Rusty's ever been a real human name in real life. No, <laughs> no I'm trying to think. I think, no, I think my dad and my mom knew a woman named Rusty. Oh, nice. Wow. Yeah, like late late wow. 70s, early 80s. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, he's, he's bullshitting around, and then Angela makes him some food. She makes him a nice plate of fucking food. Oh, that is a solid amount, a good amount of looking food. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm like, damn. Well, you like, know, Graham is a chef. Yeah, so. he's trying some new recipes. <laughs> Yeah, but you know what, Angela? Credit to her; she can fucking fix a plate. Like that was <laughs> nice. Um, and R- Ricky clearly hasn't been eating, so he's just digging in. Uh, Patty and Graham come in and see that Ricky is there, and like, not at all subtle. They're like, Angela, can we go to the next room to talk about Icky Ray <laughs> in our house? Hey, like, I know. Oh god, it's like the most obvious. Like, we need to talk to you about this other child that's there. It's terrible. Scenes, scenes like that are so cringy. It's like, oh, yeah. God. And for the first time, but not the last in this episode, they just go to the next room and clearly like the doors and walls in this place are not soundproof because everybody can hear what's happening <laughs> in the other room. Ricky hears... Well, only, only the kitchen is soundproof. Yes, that's it's right. The yeah, only the other way. Yeah. You'll yeah. notice that whenever people are overheard, they're in fact in the living room, which is not... <laughs> soundproof like one-way glass this is just like one-way (laughs) sound soundproofing yeah (laughs) so they're wondering what happened to ricky they're like it's too late for him to be here angela's protesting of course because he has nowhere else to go and then angela asks patty if ricky can stay for the night and patty who in the very last episode got in rayanne's mom's face about raising her child (laughs) Uh, who she was worried about, you know, relapsing into alcoholism, is now saying, this is not our place. Yeah. Also, what the fuck? Like, some beat-up gay kid <laughs> shows up at your house and says, like, I need a place to stay. You say, oh my god, what happened? Like, you don't even, not, not even just some gay, like, beat-up, kid shows up at your house you say oh my god ricky what happened do you need a place to stay well even even remove the gay part just a kid with a face that's been beaten in that and your daughter saying and your daughter saying can we let him stay is your thought he's running from the cops because he's you know like like what is what is your thought why would your thought not be that my daughter's friend is beaten up Uh, she's asking me to keep him here and my first thought was i don't know Right. <laughs> what are you like, Patty and Graham? Oh my God! At every yeah, every interval this episode, they like zig when they should zag. Like, well, Graham knows he has no say anyway. They're like horrible people. They're like, if he can't find his way home, he can just follow with a trail of blood from his face to get there. <laughs> Fine. Like, like I wonder at the table read if Bess Armstrong was like, "Are you really making me do this? Like, are you are you really making Patty do this? Like, I mean, well, I know she's annoying, but this is ridiculous. Like, why am I, I were, always the worst? Yeah, like if I were an actor, because I'm I'm like that, where uh, I would just be complaining all the time about the way the writers wrote me. That drove, well, drove me fucking but crazy. Al, like, Alan, you're absolutely right. Like, there's no way she wouldn't get involved in this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, how does, why does she just not want to get involved yeah, right like, now? That's the other this, thing, right? Like, all of a sudden, Patty's like, I, everything she's else. like, you all know that I don't get in anyone's face about anything. I'm Patty <laughs> Chase. <laughs> Haven't you been watching <laughs> the fucking series so far? Like, it's ridiculous. Uh, so, we uh, Ricky hears this conversation, so he takes off on his own. Angela 
Of course, hears, hears him walk out the door because he's not in the kitchen, and she's very upset that he's gone. And so then we are outside of a store, and Ricky is hanging out there, and Jordan Catalano is there coming out of the store, and he offers Ricky a ride, which Ricky accepts, and Jordan is like, where are we going? And Ricky doesn't know, so Jordan's like, oh, well, I'll take you to the warehouse with all the poor kids. Yeah. Like, Having I never seen this show, my mind didn't go to run-down homeless warehouse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so Jordan then says to Ricky, yeah, my old man used to beat me up too, but uh, the last time he did it, I threw a chair at him. <laughs> um, which, I mean, Jordan Catalano's a big fucking dude. Like, he, Plus, he's like 27 in the show. So <laughs> I could totally see this him. Is kind of, I mean, this is actually kind of a sweet exchange between... And and the one part that I actually dismissed at this point, but then I was like, oh, later on, um, is when there were there was talk about like lighting a candle for somebody, and Jordan was basically like lighting candles for people is bullshit. Um (laughs) and I was like, why are we saying this? Like, where did the why did this conversation go here? And of course, later, spoiler alert, you'll be like, Oh, oh. (laughs) So we'll see. Candles lit. Yeah. So uh, they take off, and then uh, we peer over, and again, this uh, this girl, this girl who's clearly alive and not paranormal, <laughs> uh, was uh, is watching uh, along again. Well, we should just point. Would out you say guard, guarding him? <laughs> yes, yes. The, the girl who I I believe in this episode, her name is Joy. Yes. Um. Uh, she's played by Juliana Hatfield, who was a, like, I mean, for lack a of a better singer? term, a rock star at the time, a musician at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so she would have been fairly recognizable to anybody watching this. And of course they call her Joy. Why didn't they call her, like, Noel or Mrs. <laughs> Claus or something like that? <laughs> Patty is awake at home. How could I miss this? Uh, she asks because she's not asking to have sex. That's how you miss it. <laughs> she's but like, changed. so of course, again, she's fretting to uh, Graham about you know were they wrong about what they did with Ricky? The answer is yes. I like, <laughs> I don't know about you guys. I'm sure you were the same. But she was just like, where did we do the right thing? And I was just like, no, <laughs> to my television. Yeah. She was like, did you know? Should we have done something to Ricky? Yes. Like, it's just so odd. You did everything wrong. Yeah. And then they proceed to say all the quiet parts loud as Graham says, well, Ricky makes you uncomfortable. Would you have done the same thing if Brian Krakow came into the room with a bruise on his face? And Patty's like, well, you can't compare that because I've known Brian since he was five. And Graham says, well, does it make a difference? But Patty says, yeah, basically, like... (laughs) I don't know why, but it does. And it's like, because you're saying the quiet parts loud, Patty. Like, <laughs> that's why. Come on. Uh, so now we're at school. Angela's worried about Ricky, who isn't there. Rayanne, again, is no selling it and says that he's probably at his cousin's. Uh, Brian is complaining about Christmas. And Sharon says this is the time of year where people need more help than ever. Sharon probably saying this to, like, Brian and to the audience because, you know, Christmas yes, is course. the time where people need help more than ever. So uh, she says she promised the supervisor that she would help with this uh, this teen hotline. 
And again, she says to Brian, I figured you'd be free on Christmas Eve. And Brian, who has no plans and no parents, is still offended that she'd assume he has no plans. Well, and I guess they point he's out Jewish, he's Jewish, too. Right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's not a crazy question. Yeah. So Sharon goes to the washroom and is starts complaining about Brian to Rayanne. Brian makes a joke about having slept with Brian once, which I mean, even <laughs> knowing Rayanne's reputation, I'd be like, that's a joke. Like that's yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Sharon keeps talking about being overextended for the holidays. She says, "Okay, so as she's talking to Rayanne, Rayanne goes into the the stall probably to take a leak, and Sharon's just talking, and Rayanne isn't responding." But then Rayanne comes out of the stall and Sharon's like, you're a good listener. And I'm like, where would she go? Like, what? <laughs> like, she's taking a piss. She was trapped. <laughs> yeah. Like, come on. Um, also, because we're talking about people talk, like, one of my biggest pet peeves in the whole world is when I'm in the washroom and in a stall and someone fucking talks to me. Like, I, I don't want to have a conversation right now. It may be different if you're peeing for for women, but... If I'm in no, this, it if, isn't. Yeah. I don't want to have a conversation with you immediately while I'm peeing. Yeah, like that's cool. We yeah. can wait what like need to the talk five about. seconds. Yeah. So yeah. What you need to talk about. So it reminds me of uh, and Arlo, you'll like this. I can't remember the person that did it, but it was in when we were in Ottawa in the call center. So I came into the washroom and there was a particularly annoying member of our staff at the urinal peeing. And I was like, I'm not, I don't even think I had to like take a crap. I was just like, I'm not going into the fucking, <laughs> like into the urinal next to this guy. I, I can't because he's going to talk to me. So I tried to like slyly get into one of the stalls. And as I'm slipping by, he looks over and sees me and like my heart sinks. So I go into the stall and I'm just like trying not to say anything. And of course he starts fucking talking to me. And then I'm looking through like the crack between the door and like, you know, so you can see out in the washroom and he's peeking through it so that he can fucking make <laughs> eye contact with me while he's no. talking to me. <laughs> so <laughs> that's amazing. Yep. Rayanne compare, uh, complains about her mom's new boyfriend and she's like, I'd love to be somewhere else for Christmas. And so <laughs> Sharon's like, well, the moment for Sharon. Yeah. Have I got a deal for you? So. And of course, Sharon's like dressed for Christmas because of course she is. Yep. Uh, Angela leaves a note in Ricky's locker. And then here we go. Like she's just whisked off to another universe because after leaving the note in Ricky's locker, the school totally empties out. The hallways are empty. No one is around. And nope. there's just the sound of a guitar and singing somewhere in the school. Uh, so... Angela goes to the music room and, and there's... Angela's like, this is oddly familiar to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> seem to remember following strange noises in this all before. Yes. Um, to that fucking Halloween episode. <laughs> I, I kind of like it. It's like Angela Chase, troubled teenager, um, difficult uh, time with relationships, complex friendships, can see ghosts. Like <laughs> paranormal investigators. Yeah. It's like yeah. the new CW show. <laughs> So yeah, she uh, she goes into the music room and this girl is there. She's singing a song. I said, dressed in her hobo outfit. Uh, <laughs> she sees Angela and is like, "I was just leaving." Uh, by the I way, like she's she's uh, she's clearly a good singer. And Arlo, as you said, like mm -hmm. she's you know uh, like had success in legitimate with singing. Um, I thought she, that, she's an important musician of the time. Yeah, I say. I thought this first song that she was singing sucked. Uh, but. <laughs> 
Yeah. Oh, sorry, mm-hmm. Juliana. Yeah, but uh, anyways, they uh, yeah they hang out in the music room, and then she says, uh, you know, they they I don't know. The girl talks about her troubles. Like I don't know what else well, to say. She was like, when I was when I was in school. I never came, and now that I'm not in school, I'm here all the time. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, I, you know, I, I know, so like, Juliet Hadfield, very talented person, not necessarily an actor, <laughs> was cast in this episode. Unfortunately, like, I, I'm not sure if it's the lines or it's the delivery, but she just, this whole, like, joy just seems very vapid, mm. and... I don't know. Like, I I guess as someone who is a wisp of a human, maybe that's okay. <laughs> but it is a little bit of a, a sort of a vapid delivery where some of the lines you're just like, what? what? Yeah. Uh, so Angela sees that her hands are dirty. Her shoes are worn out. Uh, she's clearly homeless or at least not well off. And then the girl's like, you're Angela, right? <laughs> you're a friend of Ricky's. And Angela asks if the girl knows Ricky, and the girl's like, "I just been looking out for him." And I'm like, "When he Ugh. fell bloody in the snow and then ran down yeah, an alley, out. and you just played your guitar, <laughs> like cool." Uh, she leaves room, and Angela chases after her. But when she goes into the hall, this woman has disappeared, and the hall is all of a sudden filled with people like a normal school. <laughs> so, yeah, I think that Angela's on drugs. That's my. <laughs> Don't tell Patty. Yeah. Uh, so then Angela runs into Jordan and asks if uh, he saw the girl. And Jordan's like, I mean, even if he did, Jordan would still be like, girl? Uh, so then he mentions to Angela that Ricky is crashing in an old warehouse and that he brought him there. It's like, sounds like a Ralph Wiggum line. Ricky's in an old warehouse and I brought him there. Uh, Jordan mentions that Ricky said that he'd light a candle for him, and he said, "Don't waste your match." And again, I'm like, "Why would you say that?" Like, yeah, <laughs> why a little random. That? Yeah, of all the things said. Yeah, uh, and then he asks if Angela misses Ricky, and is like, "I'll take you, uh, take you to him." And I and I was thinking right away, like, Jordan, you're not taking Angela to an abandoned warehouse to find her friend. Like, we saw wh- what you did when you went to that abandoned house. Yeah. Come on now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, cut to commercial. Uh, Graham and Brian are bringing a Christmas tree in the house, and Brian asks Graham if he needs anything else, and Graham says no. Uh, Angela is not home, and we cut to the warehouse where Jordan and Angela go inside. And again, I said I'm surprised he didn't. He's not like I think there are eight bedrooms upstairs. <laughs> okay, two things. Is it kind of a dick move to get some Jewish kid to help you? Do all the hard labor for your Christmas celebration. <laughs> Two, when did like for your households? When did you decorate your tree? Like, was it a few weeks before Christmas, or was it literally like Christmas Eve? This has always been a problem with me and TV shows because me for too. us, it was always like the first week of December ish was when we would get our tree and, and I like. I don't know if it was as early as the first week, but it was definitely not Christmas Eve. My mom has Christmas up like. Right after Canadian Thanksgiving. Now she tear, she tears it all these down. Are the correct answer. Yeah, she tears it all down like days after Christmas, but it's up Wait, like in for October? two months. Uh, late October, yeah. Wow. Yeah. 
Yeah, she puts it. She's just there's just a weekend where she's like, all right, fuck it, let's do it, and she puts everything up. But yeah, and then Christmas is done, and she's like, I'm done, and takes it down. So yeah, see, we when we we had a fake tree. My parents had a fake tree from the '70s that we had in our apartment, and we brought it up to the house, and we had that for a good like the first ten to fifteen years we lived in the house. So. Because we had the fake tree, we would decorate for Christmas early because we would just take it out of the, gar- of the garage attic and bring it in. But then when my parents threw that thing out and started getting real trees, we would start decorating for Christmas later and later. One year, my dad went out on literal Christmas Eve to get a tree because we oh. hadn't even gotten anything. <laughs> okay. You are the chases. Yeah. Yes, you are the chases. But yeah, for like for us, like... Decorating the tree was like an event of the mm-hmm. holidays that we looked forward to doing. Like it wasn't, and like sitting there listening to Christmas music, looking at the light up tree in like a darkened room is one of the joys of the Christmas Agreed. season. Well, and like, you know, we definitely would want more than a day or two to enjoy that. And uh, I'm very much like your mom, Alan, in that. Like once Christmas is over, my entire Christmas appetite yep. dissipates. <laughs> like, oh us. yeah, no. Like I don't want to watch Christmas for... movies after Christmas. I don't yeah. want to like n- none of that stuff. Completely done immediately after Christmas. Yeah, my dad really loved decorating our tree, and we used to help him all the time. But there, now looking back, there was a point where my brother and I, as we were like teenagers or whatever, kind of distanced ourselves from doing, being like, oh, that's not cool or whatever. There's better things to do. There's a band and warehouse is a bit. Um, <laughs> but I think looking back, I can see that it like it kind of hurt my dad's feelings. Now they look at it that we didn't really now we did it. We started back doing it again. But there was a stretch where we didn't. It's like, you know what? I think we're kind of hurting my dad's feelings because this is like my dad likes certain traditions and this was a tradition. Whereas now as a parent, I could see, yeah, if my kids like didn't want to do this one thing with me, it would, it would kind of hurt me a little bit. Don't you so think you'll accept bad. though, that they'll hit a certain point of teenage dumb where everything will yeah. become uncool and then yeah, they'll yeah. come back around, you know, sometimes in their twenties. Yep. Well, also like the weird thing about this is so clearly putting this tree up as a thing for the chases, right? Like, getting the tree everybody's there later we're going to see the whole family decorating it but angela isn't there now angela has a tendency to disappear and skip out on shit right but like you would think at some point angela would be like oh this is the night where we're putting up the tree and then she might say fuck it i'm going to the warehouse like ricky's more important but we don't even say anything about this whatsoever it's just graham's got the tree and now whole family is there and angela isn't Mm -hmm. and i'm like i don't know i just again i don't totally buy it but when you get the tree that late you can't wait around too you can't wait for angela (laughs) gotta do it lose you lose yeah we cut to this warehouse again and uh angela and jordan go inside just to make sure that we know exactly what's happening in the warehouse there are like kids huddled around those barrels with fire i'm like come on like (laughs) like could we yeah it's like we need to what do we do to show that these people are homeless a barrels with fire a colony of, (laughs) of feral children yeah correct Hallways with people sleeping around candles, which I, I I mean, obviously, I've never been in this situation before, but like are like their candles all over the place. I don't know. I imagine someone's doing heroin somewhere in that building. Yeah. Uh, Angela keeps looking around for Ricky and then she hears singing again. And uh, <laughs> guess who's there? Angela's best friend. So Angela says hi again. And then the girl like quietly leads her to this room. And there's Ricky fast asleep. 
So Angela wakes him up and he freaks out. Where's Jordan, by the way? Did he just fuck off? Um, I, I, yep. Yeah. yeah. All right. He's like, I drove you here. Good luck getting home. <laughs> Peace out. Yeah. No, so, he was like, hey, Tino. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's counting rooms right now. Yeah. So Angela wants to know what happened and why he can't go back home. And he invites her to her house. And Ricky's like, your parents don't want me there. And uh, Ricky eventually is like, I, you know, I'm going to end up at my cousin's tomorrow. So, like, it's okay. And he's like, you should leave before your parents wonder where you are. And Angela's like, you don't belong here. And uh, or he says, you don't belong here. And she says, you know, you don't belong here either. And he yells at her. And he says, I can't talk about this with you and, you know, leave me alone and blah, 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 blah. So I kind of like I do kind of like that line, though, right, where he's basically you don't understand, I think, is what he's getting at. You have a family. You guys are loving each other. I can't talk to you about this. Yeah. Um, Angela leaves or before she leaves, guitar, you know, girl <laughs> is now asleep and Angela sees that, you know, her dirty shoes again. So she switches shoes with uh, with this girl. And we go to commercial. Uh, Angela comes home, and this is where we see her parents, Danielle and fucking Brian Krakow, <laughs> putting the tree up. And uh, Danielle's like, we saved you the angel to uh, to put up here. And Patty asks Angela to call next time that she's out late, but she's not like, now, Angela, you need to call. Like, she's actually just, you know, calling her late. Yeah. So Angela tells uh, Patty that Ricky is fine, which, you know, we all know is a lie. And then Brian asks what's wrong with uh, Ricky. And Angela's like, why are you here? (laughs) (laughs) I Uh, did note that I found it really weird that she didn't immediately tell her mom what was happening. Yeah. Because every other time that her friends have been in trouble, she's like the first person she calls is her mom. Yeah, it's like the one time where so she So I find really it weird that she's not like, Ricky's sleeping in a warehouse and he won't come with me. Like, I, I don't understand why she she doesn't go that route this time. So she does tell uh, Brian, though. So Brian and in Angela. In the living room of non-invisibility. Yeah, non-walls. <laughs> so now she's telling Brian everything that's happening. And Patty and Graham can clearly hear everything from the next room. And Angela's like, there's a warehouse and these kids live there. And she's like, they're like us. And I'm like, yes, they are. They are also children. That is correct. Mm. And then she describes the song girl, the guitar girl. And it's like, when you talk to her, you forget that there's a difference between her and you. It's like that she's a ghost and you're not. There's a difference between real and not real. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. In, in In case it wasn't like hitting you over the head hard enough. Let's like explain it that any of us could be homeless people. Yeah, yeah, we've won the lottery, and uh, these people have not. Is is the they're just here. like us? Yeah, it could be me. It could be you. Uh, so Patty freaks out to Graham and is worried about what would happen to Angela in a place like that. And then she says, "We need to do the right thing." And Graham made me chuckle out loud when he's like, "What are we, Spike Lee?" Like, <laughs> Graham. Uh, so instead of uh, well, the right thing, yeah, instead of doing the right thing, yeah, yeah, they go to the police. Oh my god, <laughs> like, it's so this, suburban. Yeah, suit so right. So dumb. They're, they're like to the cops. They're like, did you know <laughs> that there are homeless people 
that are like living in a warehouse. <laughs> and like the guy who's taking the report is like, all right, yeah, anything else? <laughs> and uh, Patty asks, like, what's going to happen, you know, to, to these kids? And, the, and they're this, like, don't worry about it. Yeah. Hey. yeah. Uh, kids like, is it a runaway or a throwaway is what he says. Oh, and I love how the, like Patty and Graham are like, what does that mean? And I'm like, it feels pretty obvious. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, uh, so as this cop is explaining it to them, Patty looks over and she sees a bulletin board full of posters of missing kids, including the singing girl. And then they leave the cop shop and then, or they're, they're about to leave the cop shop. And the man, this cop asks them, well, do you two have a daughter? And they say, yes. And then I wrote, they actually have two daughters. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. Poor Danielle. (laughs) Oh God. Yeah. And then they say, keep her close. So, like, everything's revolving around Angela. But, yes, there is a second child in the home. So God, Her parents forget she exists. She's not getting a bike. What a horrible Christmas for Danielle. Right? Uh, so they get home, and Angela has actually set up the table for dinner. And then she's like, uh, you know, or Patty's like, oh, are the spots for the grandparents? Angela's like, no. Or, you know, are they for our friends? And, like, come on. Uh, no, and, I invited people without telling you. Yeah, the, yeah, the host. Yeah, and like that's okay. Well, and like Ricky, I could understand, but she's like, I'm going to invite the girl. It's like you don't. I don't even think you know her name. Like you've seen her three times, and you're like, I'm going to invite that girl. So like that's a lot, even for Angela. I'm like, really? But whatever. Patty is like, <laughs> actually, Patty who was just seen looking at posters of missing children and like, I guess being worried about it is like, you can't go back to that warehouse. No, you can't bring them here. Let those missing children be missing. Yeah. Um, Angela (laughs) wonders how she knows about this warehouse and Patty admits, she's like, you were talking in the living room. Everyone can hear her in there. You remember this. And so then Angela asks if Patty told the police and freaks out over it. And Angela says, Patty doesn't, she's like, you don't know this girl who I spoke to like I do. <laughs> and I'm like, you spoke to her for 30 seconds, Angela. Like, you don't know this. Again, you don't even know her name. But uh, let's look at Patty again. Like, she's seen Ricky's face. Her daughter has told her that she wants him to stay. She now knows that Ricky has been in this or is at this abandoned warehouse to which she's now got raided by the cops. And she's asked again by her daughter to have this kid come over. And she still says no. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? What kind of parent does this? Uh, so for, again, like the umpteenth time and not the last time, Angela's like, that girl could be me. <laughs> and Patty's like, don't you say that. So, no, it couldn't. Yeah. Patty's like, how can Homeless you say that? people are nothing like us. <laughs> uh, and then uh, Angela is mad and she takes the extra plates and puts them away. Uh, so then we go back to, uh, Patty and Graham fretting in the bedroom and Graham and it's called out here. And I, again, like at this point I was like, oh yeah, I think earlier in the episode, Graham called her shorty. Um, remember that episode, the last episode of Degrassi high, where all of a sudden, uh, what's her name? Uh, Dwayne's friend, uh, Tabby is calling him shorty. And I'm like, you've never called him shorty ever except in this yeah. last episode. Well, now Graham for the second time calls Patty shorty in this episode, 
which Patty calls him out on, and then it's never followed up on again. So I, I don't know. Oh, I'm sure he'll be calling her Shorty from now on in all the following <laughs> episodes. Uh, Patty's upset over the fight with Angela. Graham asks, you know, what what was the fight about? But Patty, without saying anything, just runs out of the room. It would have been great if she had been flailing her arms while she did it. Like, <laughs> no! <laughs> so... Uh, we see Angela going into the warehouse to find Ricky, so clearly that's why. Like, Patty's had this epiphany, like, my child has left the house to go back to the well, warehouse. Well, whoever it is comes in and says that she's gone, right? Yeah. That she's not there. So Patty has this epiphany that Angela's gone to the warehouse Yeah, where the homeless people are. They're yeah. nothing like us. But there are no homeless people there anymore because when Angela gets to the warehouse, she's greeted by the police. Uh and they say to her, do, 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 da, da, da. I'm just kidding. Not those police, everybody. <laughs> uh, so uh, Patty is now running out of the house to find Angela um, when the door opens. And, like, I totally get it at this point. She opens the door to run out. Fucking Brian standing there. Brian Krakow. <laughs> and Patty just yells at him. And I'm like, yes, yell at him. Like, he's always there. Yeah, I, can, I I would have done the same thing because nothing drives me crazier than people who start sentences but don't finish them, uh-huh. <laughs> which is what he was doing. And yeah, I, I can see why Patty freaked out on him. Yeah, so Patty, uh, Graham lets Brian inside and then Danielle's like, don't ask me what happens. I just live here. And yes, Danielle, they don't even remember that you exist. <laughs> well, she specifically said, could someone please tell me what's going on for once in my life? Yeah. Uh, then Brian her a side eye glance like who are you uh, then Brian just fucking makes himself at home in the Patty household and turns on a Christmas carol starts looking at the flyer about the helpline and I'm like make yourself at home kid like right <laughs> so now we go back to the helpline Sharon and Rayanne are there together uh, the phone rings and Rayanne wants to take the call and it's Brian who introduces himself as Steve and Rayanne is like, it's Brian. So, uh, Brian talks about how his parents said he could go to Denver for the holidays while they were on the trip, but he said no. And then he's like, I didn't know I would feel so lonely. And he's actually breaking down. And I'm like, you're not alone. You're in that fucking house with the chases like all the time. Uh, but I guess he misses yeah, his he mom and dad. Yeah, he just got yelled at by Patty. So yes. he's probably feeling pretty yeah. sorry for himself. Yeah, Angela's not there for him to stare at and sport wood. So <laughs> it's a rough night for him. Uh, but it's taking him... And like, I, I'm glad that Rayanne said this because I'm like, he's taking fucking forever to say everything. Like, I feel like... there. I'm like, did you have to fill 90 seconds? Like, get it out, Brian. Fucking talk. <laughs> and so Rayanne... Pivots the conversation into phone sex. Uh, yeah, she does. I do like, though, that she's like, Brian, tell me what you're wearing. And he's like, uh, <laughs> a red flannel shirt and corduroys. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, are you a stuffed bear, Brian? Like, <laughs> So then she talks about what she's wearing and basically starts a phone sex conversation, which I'm like, there are no supervisors at this hotline. Like, they're just two 16-year-old girls and two phones in a room with nobody. Like, there's no way. weird that he even called the ho- the hotline in the first place to call and cry, like, at the yeah. chases on their landline. Like, he could have gone across the street and called yeah. and had a breakdown, but instead he decided to sit in there 
But then I why would you? I guess the kitchen of invisibility. And yeah, he was safe there. Him. Yeah. But also, he knew that Sharon would be working the hotline. Yeah. So why is he calling that particular hotline? Yeah. Well, he's that desperate, and it's the only hotline that he knows. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fuck. Uh, Brian does say, though, you know, I'd better get off. And they both pause, and I chuckled. And then. <laughs> He says he needs to go, and Rand's like, well, do you still feel like crying? And Brian hangs up. And I guess that's, like, the whole fucking storyline of the the hotline, right? Yeah, he got cured yeah. by phone sex, apparently. Yeah. And <laughs> and Sharon, you know, who's like Patty Jr. when it comes to being, like, pissy about people fucking around is just all cool. She's like, that's so hilarious. So. Fuck that guy. <laughs> Patty is out on the streets looking for Angela and spots the song girl who is wearing Angela's shoes. And then we get the phone ringing in the chase home. I mean, guess yep. who answers the phone when it fucking rings in the chase household, everybody. <laughs> so Brian just answers the phone. He's like, hello. And then passes the phone to Graham. And it's uh, Angela on the other line, and she tells Graham that her and the warehouse kids are in the basement of a church, and Graham has to go to the church to get her. And I wrote, get it? Graham has to go to church after all. Like, (laughs) oh, it's coming. It's coming. Now, we're led to believe, I guess we are suspension of disbelief a little bit, that because Patty saw a teenage-aged girl from behind walking in what I would assume were probably pretty popular style boots for the time, thought I should just follow this person. It must be my daughter. I had boots like that. (laughs) Right? Like they look like kind of like Doc Martens. Like everybody had those boots in the 90s. Yeah. Yeah. They're slightly different, but I had those boots in college and I loved those boots. Yeah. She's having a, it's a feeling. It's an ethereal feeling that she should follow this homeless person. And this homeless person will lead her. To her daughter. Will guide her. What I find interesting is that Graham, like, he says, I'm going to go pick up Angela. And I was like, okay. And in my head, I'm like, oh, well, Brian can stay with Danielle. And that way, if Patty (laughs) calls, there'll be someone to tell her that Angela is safe and what's going on. That does not occur. (laughs) Nope. Uh Uh-huh. And you have to like remember there are they don't have no one has cell phones. Nope. Yeah, you know, like they just leave the house empty. So if Patty were to call back and say, "Oh my God, I can't find Angela," the phone would just ring. <laughs> She's like, "Oh my God, they got them too." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So Patty is still looking for Angela, and the the song girl now like meets up with Patty, and Patty's like, "My daughter has the same shoes." Uh, as you and then I wrote the song girl is acting all weird and ghostly <laughs> and so then Patty's like angelic like yeah Patty's like why did you leave your home and the girl's like I had a fight with my mom the kind of fight where it feels like the fight is having you I'm like the fuck are you uh, talking about like <laughs> so then Patty, Patty said that to Graham earlier in the episode when her and Angela had the fight oh really yeah yeah. yeah. Wow, I thought that was a throwaway yes. line. Well. No, yeah. it's exact mimicking of that. Yeah, it's and the it's mimicking like, of the line. Oh my god, that could have been Angela. Yeah. Could have been you. Yeah. Angela could have run away because of our fight. Like, in all of the episodes that we've seen in this show so far, has Angela ever been fucking close to running away from home? Like, once? Never. 
She's, she just leaves. She, she leaves to home. yeah. She leaves because she's pissy or wants to do her own thing, but never has been like I'm gonna just I'm gonna run away from home. So then, uh, Patty or the the girls like, do you have another question for me? Yeah. Ask me what <laughs> you want. <laughs> and Patty is uh, like because you know Patty's the first one to kind of see through it. It's like fucking sixth <laughs> sense where she's like. <laughs> How did you die? And I think that's the moment where the audience is supposed to be like, what? That's the natural question. Next question is, yeah. How did um, you die? Not why didn't you go back home or how's your mom now? No, no. How did you die? Yeah. And then the girl's like, I froze to death. So <laughs> Patty no longer cares about the girl. She starts praying to God clearly that you know she's praying for Angela she's like well you're dead you froze I hope my daughter doesn't die when she opens her eyes the girl has disappeared and then Patty realizes dun 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 she's just outside of a church she's at the, a church oh hey she's outside of the first congregational church 540 South Commonwealth Avenue in Los Angeles California I, in case anyone wants to visit in the my so called life universe what would you call it the first what church the first congregational church. I mean, in this universe, it's the only congregational church because <laughs> the the church. Sure. Yeah, and yeah. it's in Pittsburgh, right? Yes, uh, Three Rivers, but yes, the suburb of Pittsburgh. Right. Uh, there is a small choir singing and a small congregation of people just hanging out. Like, there's no there is service. Nobody there. Yeah, for Christmas Eve service, there is nobody there. Yeah. I'm assuming like there's a bunch of homeless kids in the basement having sure, like a... lunch or something, right? Like, uh, isn't that why they run making the, the church basement? Like, I'm to get fed or what's going on there? I don't know. Yeah. So you think some of the homeless kids would have come upstairs and been like, "Cool choir." <laughs> so oh, Ricky did. Uh, I'm going to explain the next few things that happened, but before I do, I have to say, like, the next sequence of events is excessively long. like i feel like they got to this point and they're like well we need to run for 49 minutes and we're at 42 minutes so (laughs) this needs to take up five to six minutes what's about to happen i'd also like to try to view this part in uh christmas like through a christmas lens like on december 22nd you're watching all kinds of feel-good christmas content you know this this is the kind of heartwarming episode that you want right What's what's happening? Someone, hello? Someone, someone making a smoothie? <laughs> someone in a very loud car or something is going up my street. I apologize. Nice. Huh. That was really loud. Yeah, amazing. A protein shake. <laughs> Ass wipes. All right, <laughs> try this again. Arlo, what? Did, where did I leave off? <laughs> Uh, you're talking about uh, December 22nd. Right. I'd yeah. also I'd also like to try to see this part through like the the Christmas lens because it's easy to like sit here in May and be like oh it's so schlocky you know and and so long but like we're talking about December 22nd 1994 all you've been watching for weeks is like heartwarming Christmas specials like this kind of like heartwarming Christmas content is like what you want in this moment, potentially. <laughs> yeah. So uh, here's what happens. <laughs> so there, there, there's also like a trope in, in really like critically acclaimed television shows, right. Where you'll get to the last like three minutes of the show, the episode, and they'll play some sort of like popular song 
or you yeah. know, and then they'll just or the choir will sing the whole thing. Yeah, and, and then you'll and then you'll jump to different scenes where people aren't talking, but there's like right. yeah, yeah, it's yeah. wrapping up like a what montage, each of them yeah. So to speak. yeah, yeah. So in this case, what we get is Patty sees Ricky. He's inside the church. He's lighting a candle. Ricky sees Patty. He's in remember tears. lighting a candle. Yep. Uh-huh. Oh, we're not done with that. Um, <laughs> Uh, so Ricky sees Patty. He's in, he's in tears. They hug. Patty's like, I'm sorry that I said you couldn't stay at my place and you had to stay in a warehouse and you got the shit kicked out of you. And then I sent the police after you. Yeah. 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 Raid your only spot you could sleep. Angela is coming up the stairs. She's in the same church because it's the only church in town. And (laughs) she sees her mom and Ricky hugging. She joins them. Graham. She apparently has not ran into Ricky yet in the church basement. Well, that's what I was wondering. She's Did relieved he leave? to see him. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so like I was under were... the impression they would have been together, but now it seems like maybe Ricky left before she got there, before it got raided, and they just happened to all be at the same church. Uh, different parts of the church or so. I don't know. But I'm sure. Yeah. Um, and like I would I would like to think, well, maybe Ricky's been there the whole time upstairs and Angela just arrived at the church but then earlier angela had called home and said i'm at this church so clearly she's been there for a period of time or Uh, maybe ricky's been hanging out with joy and they've been ghosts together yes and so she hasn't seen him until this moment uh graham brian and danielle show up and now everybody's together i then wrote they spend like five minutes on hugging and people finding each other and looking at each other and it's excessively long and there's hopeful gospel music in the background and the scene just goes on and on and on and on. And Patty gets her Christmas wish. Right. Uh, Thank we, you, guardian angel. <laughs> we then jump to uh Sharon and Rayanne who are still at the phone line and they're clearly enjoying each other's company again no dialogue there's just music in the background and right. then despite the fact that spoiler alert we're about to find out that somebody in this episode has been dead the whole time the most not just dead yes but is a fucking angel yeah the most perplexing and like what the fuck moment in this one is we then cut to Jordan fucking Catalano <laughs> In a random, undisclosed location, lighting a candle? It's like his Harry Potter bedroom under the stairs or something. <laughs> I, I thought it, he was in the like basement was, of the school. Yeah, he looked like he was in the boiler room of the school. Where he was making out with Angela. Yeah, that's where it looked like he was. Because <laughs> you know what's open on Christmas Eve? Schools. <laughs> <laughs> like, I could not... I was like, what? Like... I assumed it was like his his poor abused child basement. Like that's what I thought it was. And I was how like, many times did your heart break watching that, Arlo? A hundred times. <laughs> <laughs> and the 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 only thing I could think of here was like maybe if it's like a caveman discovering fire for the first time, like <laughs> that's why we would show this. But otherwise, I don't get this whatsoever. Uh, but he lights a candle for reasons unknown. Yeah. He realized that lighting a candle for someone isn't bullshit after all. Yeah, he learned. Jordan learned because Christmas. <laughs> yeah, Jordan learns lots of things. Yeah. Because Christmas. So then the chases and Ricky and Brian eventually leave the church. And the dead girl is looking over them. 
And uh, I said, but I imagine everybody has long forgotten about her at this point. Like, sure. Angela's not like, what about the girl? They're just like, ah, fuck yeah. it. Like, yeah, we're all together. But then as the girl leaves the, the, the scene, like the camera shot, we see an angel's wing. Oh, like, oh my God. I couldn't. I couldn't either. I was like, nope, absolutely not. Like, like I said earlier, this might as well have been the new kids on the block Christmas special. Yeah. Well, and they point. and they never spoke of it again. You know, next yeah. episode, Patty's not going to be like, "Hey, did you know that I had an encounter with a celestial being the other night, and it changed my outlook on things? Of like, <laughs> homework isn't as important as I thought it was <laughs> because there's fucking angels, and I I talked with one. Like, no, no." I would say the deleted scene they didn't show is when Patty and Graham actually dropped Ricky back off at his own house instead of (laughs) We think this is best. Yeah. Yeah. I just think like Patty would be like, why did you have to fucking swap your shoes with a dead person? (laughs) How did you swap your shoes with a dead person? Well, and this proves that you can take it with you because clearly the (laughs) shoes went up to heaven. Yep. So... And, uh, like, no real plot points are advanced at all in this episode. Like, we, the only plot point that is at all advanced in any way, in my opinion, is just that Ricky has some home insecurity. Yes, yeah. Like, other than that, like, maybe we advance Sharon and Rayanne's friendship a little bit. Even there, we've always known that there's been home insecurity with Ricky. We just take it up a notch, right? Like, yeah. Right? Like, up until this point... Ricky's just been like, you know, things are weird at home. We don't really talk about it that much. And at the Sometimes start of this, my uncle like breaks my door down or whatever. Yeah. Right? And, and now at the very start of this episode, it's all like we take it up a notch and then we get into the fucking, uh, you know, angels and ghosts. So <laughs> we don't well, really again, pay attention. Think about it. The angel was nothing more than like, you know, when they talk about an Indiana Jones where he really doesn't actually solve anything and he just follows along the plot. <laughs> that kind of stuff. Like this angel really didn't have to be in this. Like I, they could have had this whole episode and just had Angela call home and they could have rushed there and Ricky could have been there too. And it would have been fine. They didn't have to have some stupid magical. Yeah. She could angel. have found, found Ricky at the warehouse. She didn't, need she could have wandered to the church like, because yeah. Yeah. well, Jordan drove Ricky to the church and then told Dan or to the warehouse and then told her yeah. that yeah. she was like every person moving around with this. The one lone exception is Patty following the girl. And then all of a sudden she's at the church. Like that's the one thing where it's like, okay, maybe this person helped lead a person in there. She could have just talked to a police. Like, she could have gone to the warehouse and the police were like, oh, yeah, we took all the homeless kids to this church. Yeah. She could have went back. would have been like, hey, we're going to go to that church. Like, yeah. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Yeah. But I mean, I don't know. We got to get, we got to insert the the Christmas trope (laughs) of having an angel in there somewhere. Well, and I didn't look around enough. I'm assuming there's no articles kind of about this, but I would, I would like to think that, you know, ABC was like, yeah, if you're going to put an episode out close to Christmas, though, you got to write like a holiday themed episode. So probably right? sure. like I, I just can't imagine. Oh, I, I could because they did that. And fucking like, Halloween you also episode. have to put Juliana Hatfield in it because yeah. she's really hot right now. Yeah. 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 She yeah. needs to gain her angel wings so she can <laughs> fly from the Lemonheads to the Juliana Hatfield three. <laughs> um. Yeah, so uh, there we have it, everybody. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. No, that is it. The angel leaves. The end. Merry Christmas, everybody. Hooray. Uh, thoughts? Stacy, you love this one, right? I did when I was 20. <laughs> <laughs> 
you know, I also think I was either I was PMSing when it aired or something. Cause I, I remember being really hormonal and crying at the end, but I, you know, I was 20. And so I, I'll give myself some grace on that, but rewatching it, I was like, wow, this is really schlocky. But at the time I was like, oh, that was so good. So, <laughs> I mean, I could, I could buy this one being like a polarizing episode. Like today, yeah. probably I would imagine like 30. I'm, I'm sure if I'd seen this 30 years ago, like I wouldn't have cried, but yeah. I would have been like, man, that's quite good. Like the spirit of Christmas, you know, yeah. but, yeah. but, uh, you know, now that I'm a grumpy old man, like, come on. <laughs> yeah. Now that we're old and jaded, it's like, oh, what the hell? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think I was probably more like amazed by its revelations. Like when I was. 14 years old or 14 or 15 years old like wow she's right homeless people are just like us you know? <laughs> like <laughs> well i think it's not really home like it's homeless yes but it's really like runaways like runaways. you know runaways yeah. don't always come from bad like horrible houses like sometimes yeah. kids run away for silly reasons and then they get caught up and stuff and bad shit happens so i think that was the point of this well really. and I, you know i think i was more impressed by that when i was yeah. 14 or 15 years right. old it was more of a revelation to me yeah. um and i think there was probably a greater sense of like man parents just don't understand like back then whereas now i find like patty and graham's behavior just infuriating and irresponsible Ugh. yep <laughs> i'm not even a parent and i find it yeah, infuriating yeah and irresponsible <laughs> uh yeah so there you go, everybody. Uh, my our so-called angels. Uh, I mean, it was a real angel. I don't know why they say so-called, but you know I what? Mean, they could have called this my so-called angel. Exactly. <laughs> it would have been a better title. Yeah, I, exactly. <laughs> Come on, guys. I uh, I still love this show, but uh, I will say that this episode, uh, I'm I'm closer to the uh, the ninja ranking, which yes. puts it close to the bottom. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. I will say one thing about this. Or about the show. Claire Danes is so good at crying. She's, <laughs> she really is, though. You know, because she wasn't that old when she did the show. And, like, every time you need her to cry and make it be believable. Because, you know, there are some actors in that age range on other shows who try to cry. And it's, like, painful to see them try and do it. And she could just do it at the drop of a hat. She was amazing at that young age. Uh, so we are headed to episode 16, Resolutions, which, uh, you know, was aired a few days after uh, the new year in 1995. So uh, oh, get, this, apropos. get this for the write-up. As the new year begins, everybody makes resolutions without intending to keep them. Ricky's home situation sends him on his own odyssey, which I thought, like, he wasn't he oh. just on one? So another one. Brian and Jordan tutor each other. Each other. Each I think, other? Well, I think Brian teaches Jordan, uh, you know, about math or whatever, and Jordan teaches Brian about chicks, is what I'm guessing. Right. About the streets. Yeah. Let me tell you about <laughs> girls. Yeah. yeah. And uh, my favorite line here, and Graham considers Oops. Hallie's propositions. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Yep. So, yeah, she's like, I got two positions for you at the new restaurant <laughs> one for you one for that dick so we'll see what happens uh but until then and and i i think we've only got four of my so-called life episodes left i 
in reading or in looking at them, I don't think any of these are going to need to be condensed into one part, but we'll see. So um, probably no more than eight weeks left of my so-called life. So if you've been waiting for us to finish it, you know, have no fear, uh, you know, in a month or two, it'll be done. Um, and, uh, we'll probably go back to Degrassi, but, uh, keep an eye on our Instagram at Narbos and Broomheads podcast. That's probably the best place to get news about where we're headed with the show at Narbos podcast on Twitter. Um, I don't talk about the show as much there because Twitter sucks ass. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, to yep. get off it. Yeah. Fuck you, Elon Musk. Yeah. Uh, if you want to find me, I am uh, slip with five eyes on all the social medias. And uh, if you want to, you know what? I haven't asked for reviews in a long time. If you want to give us a review, uh, go to Apple Music or any of those places and, uh, you know, hit us up. But uh, anyways, I think one of our early reviews was from Tim, by the way. So Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Back in the day. Well, uh, thanks for that, Tim. Yeah. You know, let me uh, go write another one. <laughs> A uh, big thank you to Stacy for joining us once again, Stacy. Uh, New York Yankees, you know, if they're, when they're not uh, cheating, where do we go and uh, hear about them? <laughs> um, my show is on YouTube. It's called Locked On Yankees. We're uh, approaching 2,700 subscribers. I'm very excited about this because our numbers have gone up a lot in the last month. And um, we have a nice little community over there. And if you want to check it out, you can. And you can follow me on Instagram at srgots. I'm not going to give out my Twitter because, uh, like you, uh, fuck Elon Musk. <laughs> did you lose? You lost your blue check mark too, didn't you? I did lose my blue check mark because I'm not paying for one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Folly T here. Um, I will say maybe my Instagram handle will be coming soon because uh, yeah i too have been thinking about getting off twitter because there's nothing really on there to follow anymore uh arlo well i will say fuck elon musk and also fuck ron DeSantis. that guy's a homophobic oh. bigot oh my god he's the fucking worst <laughs> you can uh follow me on instagram at arlo e-s-c-o-t-t and you know one thing that you just reminded me of i mean i i can't believe i didn't mention this but manitoba in the news in uh, yes in the last week true. because they were they had to have a fucking meeting to decide not to burn or not to ban books in brandon manitoba yeah. Oh my god! And uh, and the resolution. I mean, the resolution ended up uh, not passing. Like basically, the side that we would like, like don't ban the books, won. Um, yeah. And it it won by a relatively decisive vote. It was by the uh, you know the not the student council. What's the the one that the parents go in? Yeah, like the one that that people kid you know parents run. That's kind of fake. Uh, oh, like so, PTA? Yeah, sort yeah, of? yeah. Sure. yeah the yeah. school board. Yeah, they they voted for it. Uh, they voted it down six to one, and like it was a big celebration, and I'm glad that it happened. But I was like, it's still sad that we had to go through this, right? Like, right. absolutely. It, it's kind of like absolutely. in the in, in the states where it's like it's so great that uh, Donald Trump didn't win the 2020 election, and I'm like, he got almost 50 percent of the vote. Like, there's nothing to celebrate here. Yeah, no. Right. It's, yeah. And they'd still vote for him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, but anyways, go, go Brandon. Hooray. You're not banning books. <laughs> so yeah, can happen here in Canada, everybody. Uh, anyways, uh, until next time, uh, we'll see you when we see you. Peace. Bye. Bye. Baby. Well, I just said I don't get my love. I would never do my homework. I would stay up late and dream about I would never get girls out of my house Maybe I would I would walk around and got makeup Just to get caught my dreams Everyone thinks I'm so good I
Yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah.